Today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Well, uh, yesterday on the program, Finance Minister Vic Fideli uh, talked to us about the uh, Ford government's decision to tear up the beer store contract that uh, the previous uh, provincial government had signed with the company that runs the beer store. Uh, And he told us at the time that, uh, well, the rationalization for that, he said, was two-pronged. First of all, he says Ontario has the highest beer prices in the country. And second, that it's a monopoly and uh, it's not fair to consumers. And he doesn't feel as if there's going to be any financial ramifications. Well, uh, number. By the way, we had that interview up on our website, and we actually put it on our uh, on our our blog, and uh, on the podcast too. So a number of people have heard this. Well, there's some pushback on this right now, uh, with the government wanting to get out of this beer store contract. The company that owns the, the beer store, that runs and operates the beer store, has come out with a report of their own, which talks about the ramifications of what's going to happen to beer sales in corner stores, and how is that going to affect the industry, and how it's going to affect you and I as consumers. Joining us to talk about the report is uh, one of the co-authors, Dr. Deborah J. Aaron, Senior Managing Director with the Ancura Consulting Group, uh, joining us here on the Bill Kelly Show. Doctor, thank you for the time. Great to have you with us today. And uh, we'll get here in just a second, obviously, uh, to try to find out what's going to be happening here in the ramifications. Uh, And and this is not unusual, of course. We always get into a situation where there's going to be some back and forth and and in both sides have their talking points. And, And I know the Premier's been pretty vocal about this, too. Uh, it was rather interesting in, in reading some of the uh, the media coverage about some of the Premier's comments uh, about this particular thing. Uh, Premier Ford says, uh, this is a quote, the beer store wants to protect its monopoly. Big surprise, right? Uh, this is a fundraising letter, actually, that they've put out uh, that talks about uh, the government and, and, and how they are doing the quote-unquote right thing by consumers by going after this. I think we've got uh, Dr. Aaron all set to go here. Doctor, thank you for the time. It's good to have you with us today. Hi, thank you for having me. Well, let's talk a little bit about some of the uh, the, the numbers here, because numbers do count when it comes into situations like this. And, and there are a couple of things that the finance minister told us on the program yesterday that I'd like you to get your comment on. One of them, of course, is that he, in his opinion anyway, uh, Ontario has the highest beer prices in Canada, and that's not fair to the consumer. And you've got some different numbers, though, I understand. I do. I've been studying the beer market in Ontario and other provinces for, for a number of years. And uh, the fact is that once you take out provincial taxes, which are much higher in Ontario than in uh, Quebec or Alberta, which are the other provinces I've studied, beer prices in Ontario are actually substantially lower than in the other provinces I've studied. So uh, looking at comprehensive data on beer in bottles and cans in Ontario at the beer store, those prices are 13% lower than um, beer prices in Quebec and 23% cheaper than beer prices in Alberta. And that's after you take out the, the provincial taxes, which, of course, are going to be affecting the prices that consumers see and their, their you know, perception of the prices that they pay. Well, that was one of the concerns I had when I, had, I talked to the minister about this yesterday. Uh, he suggests it's obviously a bit more competition. That's one of the phrases they always use in situations like this, uh, that it's going to be a better deal for the consumers and prices are going to get lower. Well, not if they don't re- reduce the, the provincial tax, and I hadn't heard anything from the premier or the finance minister that they had any intention of doing that. So provincial taxes in Ontario are about a third, about 33% of the price of beer uh, in Ontario, and that's not counting the federal taxes. That's the, just the provincial taxes. Whereas in Quebec and Alberta, it's about 23%. So it's quite a substantial difference. And 
Um, you know, what consumers see when they pay for beer at the register includes all of those taxes, and, and that would be, uh, you know, you'd expect that to affect consumers' perception. It's just not the fact, though, about what, uh, you know, what prices really are once you've taken account of those taxes. There's another element to this, too, that, and I've heard this phrase used, and I'm sure you have as well, uh, over the last little while as the government tries to articulate their case in this situation. Uh, and they talk about the uh, the beer store being a monopoly. Uh, and I understand that, and I think everybody understands the, the meaning of that word. And, and, and obviously the characterization here is that the only place you can buy beer in this province is at the beer store. Well, that's not true. Uh, and it hasn't been true for quite some time. I mean, LCBO stores sell a, a certain kinds of beer. I mean, they don't have the same variety, maybe, as as the beer store would. Uh, it's already been in, in grocery stores and, and some other stores for quite some time right now. So I, I, it's it's really, I would think anyway, Deborah, an unfair characterization to say that the beer store is a, is a total monopoly. It is an unfair characterization, and um, it's, it's unfair for a couple of reasons, including the ones that you said. But in addition, I'm an economist, and what competition means is that the brewers set prices in competition with each other, and that's precisely what they do. The brewers set their own retail prices that will be the prices that appear at the beer store and so and at LCBO. Um, and when they set those prices, they're setting them knowing that their beer is going to be on the shelf next to other brewers' beer and that they have to set prices to compete. So there is competition in the market. I think that what's notable as well about the point you made regarding the availability of beer um, in grocery stores since about 2015 is that all of the data and information that the Retail Council of Canada um, relied on which is the report that the Hughes report relied on, is based in British Columbia. They they never presented evidence of any effect um, on prices or jobs or GDP based on evidence they must have, data they must have, on sales and jobs in stores in Ontario. All of their um, pronouncements about the effect of this change on jobs and on GDP is based on British Columbia. So to your point then, we really don't have any hard data about what's going on here in Ontario. I do. <laughs> um, <laughs> which, is why I, we, which is why we invited you on here today. Uh, I appreciate that. As I said, the analysis that I've, I conducted and that I've conducted, um, I've been looking at this market for several years, is based on um, comprehensive data on beer store sales um, of all beer in bottles and cans um, for comparing that to a comprehensive look at beer sales, prices, and volumes in other provinces. So my evidence is based on Ontario. Um, the, the evidence that you've heard from the Retail Council of Canada and from the Hughes Report relying on it is not. Deborah, one of the other characterizations I hear from people that are, are supportive of this, and, and let's face it, there are a lot of people who are supportive of this, because they see this as as, as a, an equal playing field, for instance, with what we see in the United States and, and some of the markets in New York State and other places, uh, where you can go across there and you can go to the you know the top uh, supermarket there, and hey, uh, you know such and such, you know, perhaps Blue Ribbon's on sale this week. Uh, is, is that even doable? I mean, I, my understanding is that the laws and the pricing uh, with Canadian beer, because of the restrictions and the taxes here, is much different than what you see in the States. 
Well, uh, the the laws are are significantly different. Um, I you know I think you'd have to speak to the government about um, you know their appetite for changing the laws, but what I can tell you on the basis of my own analysis and my own studies is that under the current circumstances, under the current laws and retail distribution system in Ontario, um, the citizens of Ontario are enjoying substantially lower beer prices after you account for the tax differences than what customers in Alberta or Quebec are paying. We also saw when the government tried to initiate this buck a beer idea uh, not too long after the election, uh, there wasn't much of a buy-in from the industry. And I'm not just talking about the major brewers. I'm talking about the, the microbreweries, too. Uh, the, the, this is, in, in, in 2019, is just unrealistic to think that you can actually do that. I mean, I, I don't think anybody in this business wants to sell their product at a loss. <laughs> no, I don't think anyone would voluntarily choose to sell their product at a loss. Um, I think that what... You know, the the situation, the mechanism for retail distribution of beer today um, in Ontario allows the microbrewers and allows um, all brewers to access the retail distribution network. Um, They can access it on a store-by-store basis. They, of course, have to pay a fee, um, just as in the U.S. or anywhere else. Brewers face um, some costs of distribution. But they are, by law, entitled to distribution at any um, beer store outlet. And um, so they they do have access to the distribution network. From that standpoint, and let's look at the impact it might have on microbreweries. Uh, Again, the speculation is, is look, if they put this in every corner store that wants it, which is probably going to be most of them, uh, it's going to have more opportunity for access to to market for the microbreweries. But you've got restricted sh- shelf space in a lot of these variety stores, corner stores, whatever the case might be. Are, are they just going to go with the best sellers, or are they going to give an opportunity for microbreweries? In other words, is this going to be good or bad for the beer industry? Well, that's a good question. I think that um, that remains to be seen. You're quite right that individual stores would to my knowledge, would not have an obligation to make space available to small brewers. And so they face their own constraints and they have to choose how to allocate it and whether they want to give up shelf space from the big sellers to make space available to the microbrewers. What I've seen in my data, um, which might surprise some of your listeners, is that uh, I've, I've looked at this in Ontario and Quebec. What I find is that the um, concentration of consumption of beer among the top four best-selling beers is much greater in Quebec than in Ontario, which means that if you think about how much um, consumers are diversifying their choices of beer, it's actually much less in Quebec than in Ontario. Well, it's a much different picture than the uh, province seems to be painting with the data that they've been putting out on this. Uh, Deborah, i got to go. We're just about out of time. Is there a place, a, a webpage where they can go to get some of this information? Uh, let's see. I believe that my report is available uh, at the Beer Store website, I believe. Okay. Well, we'll send them off to that, and they can Google that and, and follow the links to get to this. And it might uh, give many people a much different perspective on this. Uh, Dr. Deborah Aaron, thank you so much, Deborah, for the time today. Really appreciate the input. Oh, thank you very much. Take care. Take care. 
What what about the beer store itself as a business? And I don't know that the premier characterizes this as a monopoly that needs to be broken up. That that seems to be the talking point that they're going on. But we're also talking about a number of people that work in that enterprise. And and I mentioned yesterday when we had Marvin Ryder on at the DeGroote School of Business talking about uh, the impact this is going to have on the beer industry. That also has to include a discussion about employment. And uh, to that point, we we're uh, glad to bring uh, Smokey Thomas, president of OPSU, uh, back into the conversation because they do uh, have a, a stake in this as well. Smokey, thanks for the time. Glad you could join us today. Oh, no, thanks for having me on, Bill. I appreciate it. Well, let's let's talk about this. We just had a, an interesting and I think a very enlightening discussion with uh, Dr. Aaron uh, with some data from Ontario beer industry uh, suggesting that a lot of the talking points that the government is giving us here about how we have the quote-unquote highest beer prices in, in the country is not really true. It's really we have the highest percentage of tax on our beer, which is actually elevates the price. Uh, they're not going to do anything about that. But the other element to this, too, is that, look at this is going to be a good deal for consumers. Now, I'm not so sure that's even the case because I haven't seen any, any data that suggests this. But let's talk about the number of people that work in the beer store across the province of Ontario right now. Uh, if the government moves forward on this, does this lead to the demise of, of, of employment for these people? Okay, well, they're represented by United Food and Commercial Workers Union. They represent the beer store employees. Yeah. Uh, but I do, and you know, and they've been... They've entered into this debate as well, so it would be good to get uh, Wayne Handler or you know get somebody from UFCW on to have a leader in the beer store. But they're uh, well, it could have a very negative effect. Uh, it just if you really spread the you know sale of alcohol out to corner stores and everything else, uh, it could have a direct impact on the beer stores. And you know even it's a private monopoly, but uh, you know so I like public versus private, but. It is very well run, and it is a good experience, and they really have stepped their game up. I mean, they lived up to what the Liberals told them to live up to. So, I mean, uh, I think they're doing a good job. I don't, you know, this guy's going to take this thing apart uh, based on some sort of uh, logic that everybody wants to have a beer in their hand at 9 o'clock in the morning anywhere in Ontario you like it. And the other thing, though, is you never really, you don't hear them talk about. If convenience stores do take beer and wine, um, you know, there is, I, I listened to Cut the Tail End of your previous interview there, she's right on. But the one, the other thing a lot of people don't think about is every 15, 16, 17 year old that works in the corner store is going to be out of a job because they can't handle alcohol. Well, that's what, what that's one of the things I asked the minister about yesterday when he was on our program, Smokey. I said, what, what does this do for employment in those stores? I mean, who's going to be qualified to sell this? And I've even seen this with the last couple of years now at our Sobeys in Ancaster. I mean, you know, there's one register, by the way, that says this is the beer line. If you want to buy beer, you got to go to this register. Uh, and, and obviously there's only one person or two people that are qualified to do this. Uh, so what happens to the other people that are working there? What about the other cashiers? Yeah. Well, you think about a corner store. They're not going to have two people on duty. Not usually, no. You wouldn't make, you know, you wouldn't make any money. So I think, the, you know, the teenager that's, you know, trying to make a few bucks extra and gain some work experience, and then you put all that on a resume, right? You know, customer relations, all this stuff looks good in a resume. They get shut out. And and I don't see it creating all these jobs he's talking about. I, I, just, I can't wrap my mind around how, if you put it in corner stores, it's going to create more jobs because there's people working in there already. They don't create more jobs if they add cornflakes and Cheerios on this. You know what I mean? Like, it just it doesn't compute in my mind. It's not a job creator. The, uh, I, you know, Bill... The way it's all unfolded here, I honestly believe the RCMP should be called in to investigate the lobbying efforts. It is, you know, you got Randy Hillier alluding to illegal lobbying, and he does appear to be talking about 
about the beer store lobby. And what I know about it, if it's not illegal, it is certainly stinky beyond belief and very, very unethical. The people that have influenced the government's decision have a direct link to the government. You know, they had direct links. They're, um, they should, you know, they're definitely in a conflict of interest situation. So, uh, he, you know, Ford, I think, is going to take a hammering on this one when all the details come out. Well, and and to your point, though, Smokey, and we had this uh, discussion with uh, Dr. Aaron just a couple of minutes ago before you joined us, uh, I, I think it's an unfair characterization to call the beer store a monopoly in, in the truest sense yeah. of the word because I, I can go to the LCBO and buy beer. I can go to the grocery store yeah. and buy beer. Uh, I can go to the grocery store and buy wine. I mean, that's available. Now, maybe not, as we mentioned, maybe not to the same extent, maybe not the same variety of product, but it's still there if you want it. Uh, so, I mean, uh, it, it, to call these guys a monopoly that says, well, if you want beer, the only place you can go is the beer store, it's simply not true in Ontario. No, and I, I agree at that point exactly. And the and same as the, the LCBO is not a, uh, a monopoly either. There's agency stores, like you say, there's beer and wine available. Uh, so, it's a, you know, they're they're pretty uh, closed. You know, not close, you're almost a closed shop, but, but both of them do do a good job. Like, so... I don't know if Doug Ford, what his fascination with alcohol is. I really, you know, I mean, it, and it occupies, he does it in such a way that it occupies so much thinking and so much time by people like you, me, uh, reporters everywhere, uh, concerned people, that we're kind of missing a bunch of other stuff that he's doing, right? So I don't know, you know, if it's a diversion, it's a very, very costly diversion. Well, I got I got one minute left here. I got to ask you to comment on some thing because uh, you've been around negotiating tables for a while, Smokey, uh, in various forms. Uh, one of the other things the minister talked to us about yesterday is he said, "Look, at, we're going to pass legislation to do this to rip up the contract, and there will be no penalty, no cost." Uh, that yeah. seems a little odd to me. Well, who would want to do business in Ontario? And in the budget, they're retroactively killing a whole bunch of lawsuits that are there against the government right now. This, these actions, in my view, are unconstitutional. And I don't know if the feds can do anything about them, but to tear up a contract, and it's all right. So he always says the 407 is a bad deal. Tear that one up. Tear that one up and bring it back in-house. If, that, if he thinks he has that much power, why doesn't he do it to the 407, which would reap billions of dollars to the taxpayers. So I think as... You know, he he has that notwithstanding clause he keeps threatening, but I think what he's doing is constitutionally wrong. I, I have we I talked to lawyers because we're probably going to get into constitutional challenges with them. So he's creating years and years of fighting. It's like he is the ungovernment. It's like he hates government. He treats the province like his own. He really is bordering on being a, di- being a dictator. These laws are unconstitutional. I do hope some people, brighter minds than mine, uh, take them on and, and challenge them on this stuff. And uh, Well, a lot of them have already. We just talked about some of those yeah. court challenges that have already come forward. Smokey, thanks as always. We'll stay in touch. No, thanks. I appreciate it. Take, take care. care. Smokey Thompson, uh, uh, Thomas, rather, uh, the president of OPSU. Uh, and as you mentioned, there's other unions involved in this, too. And, and you got to bet that there's going to be some kind of legal action. Somebody, uh, not unlike what the Students Association and others have done about this, too. So uh, see you in court. I guess that seems to be the mantra at Queen's Park these days. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.